Hi, I'm Grace Ann, and in a few moments, my dad will be talking about his walk with Jesus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of My Dad's Walk. Thank you, Grace Ann, and thank you all for taking a walk with me. I'm Greg Bouton. I've been walking with Jesus Christ, and I just wanted to share a few things I picked up along the way. This episode is part of the series, In His Image, where we explore what it means to be made in the image and likeness of God. Today, we discuss how God created us to be little creators. So does that mean we can create something out of nothing, just like God does? (laughs) Of course not. Or can we? Hmm, well, it's complicated, and while this topic may look simple on the surface, there are layers underneath. Layers like a cake, or an onion, or maybe even a parfait. Yes, so what are we waiting for? Let's dig in. In the beginning, God created. And the word created here is the Hebrew word bara, and it means to, well, create, but it has a special meaning attached to it. It's used a number of times throughout the Old Testament and almost always with the implication that something brand new is created, something that has never existed before. Now, this is obvious in the Genesis accounts where everything that is created hasn't existed before, but it can be seen also in other places of the Bible, like Exodus chapter 34, verse 10, when God says, He's he's talking to Moses. He says, I will perform miracles which have not been produced in all the earth. He uses that word, barah, because it's something that has never been done before. Or in the book of Numbers, in chapter 16, there's a story of a rebellion where God uses this word. Oh, I got to like set this up for you. Here's the story. Cue the honor and sword main epic music from pixelate.com. There's a rebellion against Moses. Moses is leading the people of Israel. He didn't even ask for the job. He just is doing it. And it's a hard job. But there's a group of leaders who want to take over, who kind of want the glory for themselves. And they're going to have a coup against Moses and try to overthrow him. And really, it's disrespectful to God, too. So Moses calls them out, and they all kind of gather together. And then Moses speaks to the people, and he says this. He says, People, if these men die a normal human death, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord brings about an entirely new thing, that's it. That's the word barah, bringing about an entirely new thing. But I hate to leave you hanging in the middle of that climactic, dramatic moment. So here you go. Moses was saying, If the Lord brings about an entirely new thing, and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them with everything that is theirs, and they descend alive into Sheol, then you will know that these men have been disrespectful to the Lord. That's exactly what happened, too. And that is the word create. God brings about and creates something that is entirely new that has not existed before. And that brings us to the focus of this episode, God created human beings in his image and likeness by giving us this unique gift, the ability and the desire to create. And there's more than what we see on the surface of this gift. It's kind of like a cake. You know, everybody likes cake, right? So let's take a closer look at this layer of creative ability. When my kids were young, every so often we would have what we would call Lego night. And we had all these Legos. We have, we have just these huge plastic containers full of Legos and different types and everything. And we would dump them all out on the floor and just make whatever you want. You know, it was like free play. We'd play all night long just making anything. I think Legos 
are so successful because, I mean, for one, they do have a great marketing plan. So hats off to the marketing department, but also because it kind of taps into the desire that is in each of us given to us by our creator, and that is the desire to create and the ability to create. Every religion, every culture has a creation story. And these are fun, they're fascinating stories, uh, but many of them don't really tell the story of how everything was created. Uh, they simply tell a story about how rivers were created or mountains, but not everything. The story that we read in Genesis is the only story, the only creation story that is consistently corroborated and confirmed by what we know scientifically. There's a wonderful book called The Genesis Question, written by Dr. Hugh Ross. He is an astronomer and an astrophysicist. He's the founder of a, a group called Reasons to Believe, and they have a podcast. I, I like the podcast a lot. I listen to that. And the mission of the people at RTB reasons to believe is to open people to the gospel by revealing God in science. I just read that right off their website. And they use scientific advances to answer questions and identify new evidence uh, for God's existence, the character of God, and also the Bible's reliability. I like how Dr. Ross summarizes how science has interacted with faith. And he says this in the beginning of chapter two in this book that I'm going to tell you about here. Uh, it's called The Genesis Question. And uh, he says, while scientific developments of the 19th century seem to nearly smother faith in God, advances of the 20th century breathed new vitality into that faith. And what we read about creation in the book of Genesis certainly can't be thought of as a textbook, but it is confirmed by what we know in science. Science confirms everything that we read about in Genesis. I'm amazed at how accurate it is when you hear from a real scientist who explain what does science actually say uh, and the accuracy of what we read in Genesis. But today, we're not debating that. We're really just talking about God as creator. One thing that scientists have corroborated is the order in which we see creation unfolding. In Genesis, it says that mankind was made on day six and that God rested from his work of creation on day seven. And science says the same thing. Let's take a look at this. According to the fossil record that we have, uh, during what's called the Cambrian Explosion, which was about 543 million years ago, up until the arrival of human beings, which would be about 30 to 50,000 years ago, there was a half a billion to a billion new species of life that arose between that time, and we call that the Cambrian Explosion. That's about one or two new species every year. Uh, during that time, there's also a rate of extinction. And uh, during that time, about one species per year, on average, would go as extinct naturally. But since the coming of humans, however, the rate of speciation, which is new species, has dropped to virtually zero. But the rate of extinctions, uh, due to natural causes rather, is about the same. It's about one species per year. Now that's due to natural causes uh, that discounts the human impact on the environment. Since humans have come along, the rate of extinctions uh, due to human activity is much higher than that. But due to natural causes, it's about the same as it was before humans were here. So it seems that the fossil record is telling the same story, that 
there's new species being created, and then when humans came along, new species stopped being created. So I have an explanation for that. It's called God stopped creating. He stopped his creative work. So I think it's very interesting that when he created us, he gave us this wonderful ability and this desire to create. And then he himself stopped creating. Like he was done. He, I feel like he's passing the baton to us. Like he's saying, now it's your turn. And he gives us some commands in Genesis here when he creates human beings. He says, of course, he says, be fruitful and multiply. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. that. Yeah, I know, but that's not really really part of this story right here. What we're talking about is the next commands that he said. He said, subdue the earth and rule the animals. Subdue the earth. Subdue means to bring it under your control, to make it subservient. So the earth, the land, the resources make them subservient to you and to rule over the animals and the plant life. Like we are to rule this in his place. We are his image here on the earth. And he gave us this ability to create, to take his resources and create with them, which we have, like metals and resources that we find in the earth, and we have created and invented, and uh, just we've we've created some some good things. Uh, but you know, we're a fallen people too, and we've really messed up His commands quite a bit, and we've created a lot of bad things too. I kind of feel like I get this picture of Lego night, like God is. He's given us all these resources. He's dumped out all the Legos on the floor, and he says, now you all create. I'm going to take a step back from creation and let you all take over from this point. Use all that I've given you. Use the image that I've put in you to do great things, to create, subdue the earth, and rule over the animals with love and kindness and uh, and mercy and all of the things that I've put into you. I think it's interesting to note that God's first command to human beings has to do with our relationship to nature and how we treat nature, uh, the the earth, and also other animals. Now, I wouldn't say that this is the most important thing because, as you know, Jesus was asked about you know the most important uh, commands, and he said our relationship with God as well as our relationship to each other that takes primary importance. Uh, however, the, our first first command was uh, with our relationship with nature. There's a theologian named Anthony Hukuma who wrote a book called Created in God's Image. It's used in uh, seminaries and theology classes. Anyway, he wrote concerning this, uh, this command here. He said, man is called by God to develop all the potentialities found in nature and in humankind as a whole. And I think that's just kind of an interesting way of putting it right there. God has given us all the resources he's given us the abilities to create and to develop all the potentialities found in nature okay so i know at this point i know what you're thinking i know what you're thinking i I got it you're thinking the same thing i'm thinking and that is so what have we done with all of this have we really developed all the potentialities i know we have but have we really done great things are we really the image of god here on this earth because we've developed some really nasty things also some horrible things devastating things and you are a hundred percent correct on that see man has a problem and that is that sin nature that sinfulness that separated us from god 
twisted and perverted the image of God in us. And we have done some pretty bad things with that. And that just goes to show how far away we are from God. Our relationship is severed with him. Uh, That's why his work of creation here on earth ended and his work of redemption continued on. His work of redemption began at creation, and he was preparing for this work of redemption, and he continues to work. And Jesus explained it in John chapter 5. He says, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. He's talking about redeeming mankind and shaping him back into the image of God. Okay, I think it's time to peel back the next layer of this onion or no, we don't like onion. I mean, not everybody like onion. Like cake, cake. Everyone likes cake. The next layer of cake. Or parfait. Parfait. I mean, who doesn't like parfait? Parfait is delicious. Have you ever met a person you say, hey, let's go get some parfaits? And they say, no, I don't like no parfaits. Parfaits is delicious. Hey, trivia time. I was just quoting from a movie right there. If you can uh, guess what that is, you get bonus points. And and you can look it up on YouTube and uh, just type in the word parfait. P-A-R-F-A-I-T. And the name of the movie. And you can watch the scene. It's hilarious. Anyway, next layer. We know that God can create something material out of something that we can't see or feel or detect. I mean, basically out of nothing, he can create material things. So can we do something like that? I mean, in our first layer, we see that we can invent things. We can make a a plow or a car or a skyscraper. You know, we can create things out of the material he has already given us. But can we create something that is brand new that has not existed before and that exists outside of the resources that we use to make it? And I would suggest to you that, yes, God has given us that ability. And we call it our artistic ability. Artwork. Think of uh, the different forms of artwork. There are the visual arts like painting and drawing, sculpture. There's film and plays. There's dance. There's other things. Music. And there are so many others that I didn't list. I know I'm sure you could think of many more, but something happens when you're good at this. You practice it. You Let's say, take for example, you're a writer. You take, basically, you're taking black ink, you're smudging it all over a white paper, and is that what you have in the end? If you're good at this, those black smudges become letters, and then words, and paragraphs, and chapters, and a story is created. Something else begins to appear. Something, a character, a life form begins to appear. Something that somebody could read about, and they will close this book, and they'll think about these people, and they'll get involved in these people's lives, these characters that you created. This becomes more than paper and black ink smudges. Uh, Or a great painting. If you take pigment and you kind of like smush it around on a canvas, if you're good at it, something else will appear there. Even if it's just a feeling or, or something, some other form begins to appear. It's not just a bunch of pigment on canvas. It becomes more than that. Even if it's kind of hard to name or to pinpoint, we become creators in a, in a very real sense that we are creating something entirely new, almost bara, that Hebrew word for creating something new. God made us in his image. He gave us that ability to create new things, not only just to take his resources and rearrange them into a machine or a car, but to take his resources and to create something new. So what do we do with that? Do we glorify God with that or Some people glorify mankind with that. Some people glorify things or money or death. The question, I guess, is what do you do with it? 
So in the beginning, God said, let us create mankind in our image and likeness. And he gave us this ability to create, this desire to create, to not only rearrange the resources he has, but to create new things. And then after passing the baton to us, he ceased his creative work, but he continued working his redemption of mankind. Because we have fallen away from him, we have separated our relationship with our creator, his work, is to renew that. And I like how just Jesus talked about rebirth, renewal. It's a different kind of creating right there. It's, it's not creating something new. It's reviving and regenerating back to its original state. And that is rebirth. That is being saved. What we call in Christian term, Christianese, you know, being saved. But it's simply saying, Lord, I accept what you have for me. I, I want you to restore me. Work on that. And there's an old word called sanctification that just means we are slowly but surely being formed into his image and being restored back to that image. Well, that's all we have for today. And I'd like to give a shout out to Daddy's Music, Light Saturation, and Audio Coffee for their music on this episode. Found on pixabay.com. I want to thank you all for listening and for joining me on my walk. I hope you join us for future episodes where we're talking about In His Image. And if you'd like to leave me a message or a question, you can go to mydadswalk at gmail.com and uh, leave me a message there. I'd love to hear from you. And until next time, this is Greg Bouton. Bye-bye.